Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to a Believe podcast. I'm your host, John Heusenstein. This is the Guitar Life. Today on our show, we'll be talking with professional guitar maker, the legendary Kirk Sand. I forgot to mention, he owns a music store in Laguna Beach, California. The Guitar Shop on Pacific Coast Highway. Established in 1972. Very lucky to find Kirk not busy building guitars. Let's hear what Kirk has to say. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, well, what do you want to talk about, Johnny? I want to go right back to the beginning, Kirk. Thanks for doing this. Sure, I really no appreciate it. For I'm, me, it's... I'm honored. You are a world class guitarist and. Uh, a wonderful person <laughs> and you got great kids <laughs> <laughs> my kids make up for whatever i lack i'll yeah. tell you that right now oh yeah if it wasn't for your kids we wouldn't have you i would be nothing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true uh i'd like to go back to the beginning uh is it springfield ed, ed sullivan 64 <laughs> spring <February>. springfield <laughs> illinois yeah. uh yeah. That's where you're from originally? Yeah, Springfield. Um, state capital. My parents were in the grocery coffee business, and I was really the only one that showed interest in guitars. Uh, even pre-Beatles, of course, that was the big milestone in our lives. You're, you and I are the same age. Um, I mean, I was back in the uh, uh, Kingston Trio, three Chris, New Christie Minstrels, Burl Lives, uh, John Baez. Yeah. That's before the rock and roll hit. I, were you into Elvis? I wasn't too much into Elvis. I wasn't. Or well, I'll tell you, Elvis happened in my bedroom. We had this gigantic old radio, right? Right. And I was probably two or three years old, and my brother was channel yeah. surfing, you know, yeah, AM radio, yeah. and he found Elvis, right? Yeah. And we just danced and ran around yeah. the room because we'd never heard, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, the, the rock jailhouse and stuff rock or whatever first it was. came out, <laughs> and. Um, but the the guitar is what fascinated me. But besides right. the, besides the music, but it was that damn guitar, those six strings across that box, and you could make music, and it was easy. It wasn't like the carry piano. it around, carry it around. Everybody was playing it. You know, it was just the thing, and uh, you know, it was the guitar changed my life. I fell down that rabbit hole, and I haven't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any relatives, uh, family that? No. Uh, are you the only? I'm uh, the only one. The only guy. jinx, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, uh, back there, you know, Springfield, Illinois, there's not a whole lot of guitar music and guitars. At, you know, we had to go to Chicago, 200 miles north, mm -hmm. uh, or St. Louis, 100 miles south, to go to a real guitar, you know, store right. place, and so. 
uh, which we would do, you know. But and, when did the uh, lightning bolt hit? Was it television? Well, was no, it, uh, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, all of a sudden, you go, I'm going to play the guitar, that's yeah. it. Yeah, well, I, I, I already knew I was going to play the guitar when I was eight or nine. Oh, okay. Easily, if not six or something. Well, I grabbed a ukulele. Do you remember that one, that defining yeah, moment? The first time I played a good guitar, I was taking guitar lessons from this gal, and she had a Martin guitar. And I'd never heard of them before, but right. she let me play it, and it was like magical. You know? Just rang because huh? I was playing, you know, harmony, you know, really crappy uh, guitars that were so hard go. to play. Eric Clapton couldn't play them; they were so hard to play. But boy, when I played that new one, I just—that was it. I was just fascinated by it. Good. And then, and then, in, you know, I was 11 years old, and you know, and I'd already heard about the Beatles from. In my sixth grade class, we had as a project they gave us pen pals over in England, and my class was going to associate with people in sixth graders in England. And this kid that I got teamed up with kept writing me these letters from England talking about the Beatles. We had never heard of them before. You were a victim. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then then I heard more and more about them. But then when they came out, that was it. It was just yeah, so cool. Same for me, really. The guitar, you know, and the they way they ignited me. Play, yeah, yeah, they ignited me for sure. Yeah, and I never, you know, I mean, I, I do know that you studied classical guitar. Did yeah. that did that start well, back there no. as well? No, uh -uh. not until you got out here, huh? Right. Well, right before I came out here, I started to uh, really, you know, get serious about the guitar and get a garage band and you know all that stuff when I'm you know 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh, and then when I, after I had had my career as a teenager in rock and roll, it just seemed like a dead end street for me. There wasn't wasn't anything to to latch on to, you know. So I. Uh, took a lesson from this uh, this person in Springfield of, on classical guitar, and I you know didn't really know about classical music. I didn't know what it, I never listened to classical okay. music, but it was the way uh, I know. I'll tell you who it was. It was Michael Johnson from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. He's passed away since, but he was a big, huge influence. He came to he came to uh, the community college there in Springfield, and he played a classical guitar, and he played fingerstyle with a classical technique mm -hmm. and I couldn't believe the the individual tones from each string because yeah. I was just so used to playing blues rock and roll and strumming man when he put his fingers on that guitar and played it classical style like I later found out Chet Atkins also did that uh, that was it changed my I sold my Les Paul I sold my dual showman and uh, and I was off to the races man I I went up to Chicago and took uh, classical guitar lessons for for about a year and wow. then and then from there I found out about a classical guitar workshop at Redlands University out here in California and I signed up for it I got in came out uh, my brother was living in in Fullerton, so that was close. I could stay with oh, him. There you go. There's a connection. And, and that and man, I just I just loved classical guitar. I studied it for four or five years, and just that's all I did. I'm starting to see the connection. So your brother's in Fullerton. Yeah. You come to visit him and study classical guitar, or yeah. shack up with him, however you yeah. want. And that's near the Fender factory. That's right. And you got a job building necks or uh -huh. doing something at Actually, Fender. Actually, 
my brother, my, my brother, who was living in Florida at the time, um, he through he was in the he he went in the coffee business like the rest of my family did. Okay. And he was out here uh, working for uh, Bunomatic coffee makers. Sure, the Bunomatic. Yeah, they were from Springfield. You uh, used to see them in Norms and Denny's and everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, they're from Springfield. That's an old Springfield family, and so. My brother knew this guy named Dick Carriger, and he was the personnel manager at Fender. And uh, I said, Mark, you think I could get a job over there? And he goes, sure, I'll call him up. I went over the next day and got a job. And I was working in the in the neckline at the Fender Guitar Factory all of a sudden, you know. And I was, I was still into classical guitar, but man, I was fascinated by all the wood. Well, didn't you have a Fender guitar when you were in? Oh, the, sure. Yeah. Had a Telecaster, Telecaster or a Mustang yeah. or something. Sixty-eight. First a Mustang and then a Telecaster. Bought it. Bought it brand new in '68. <laughs> God. But I I really enjoyed the. Uh, I didn't get the job at at the Fender Guitar Factory for money. I got it because I wanted to be around building guitars. Right. Because it just fascinated me. You know, so now I'm in this big factory uh, making guitar necks at, at Fender and learning how to use all the machines and, and stuff. And then, of course, I didn't go back to Springfield. I stayed out and worked with Fender a little while longer. Um, but that was my first experience with building guitars, was being on the Fender guitar line. Wow. And it was mostly factory workers. Not, you know, they weren't guitar players. I was a guitar player. So you're what, 18 or 19? I was 19, yeah. Yeah. 19, probably probably just turned 20. And I was into guitar, not a factory job to pay my rent. I was just into guitar. I was there for another reason than everybody else was. So Little did the world know what that reason was at first. Yeah. So so you you must have come down to the beach and uh, hung out on the the guitar shop shop downstairs, which I still own was uh had just been opened by this guy named pat reed and he was the classical guitar teacher at redlands and when i told him i wanted to stay on and take lessons from him and i was going to be in fullerton he said well i just opened a guitar store a little guitar store right on the beach in in laguna he says why don't you come there and take lessons from me because it's closer to because he lived in riverside it was closer to fullerton so i i came down here and i walked out in shaw's cove and I looked down into that, walked out on the reef, I looked down on the water, and I could see all the way to the bottom, and it must have been 40 feet deep. I had never seen clear water before in my life. It was all mud lakes in Illinois. So I, that was it. I saw that, and it went, I'm going to live here. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, study a, guitar, and that's it, what I did. I wound up owning the store. Captivating uh, visual, isn't it, being oh, it is. down you, by the ocean? People yeah. in the Midwest, they, there's no such thing as clear water. Lakes yeah. are all mud water. So yeah, we're all hypnotized bottom. out of you guys. We just stare at the ocean. It's a terrible yeah. thing, right? We don't go in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to know it's there. So, so uh, we're talking about 1027 North Pacific Coast Highway in Laguna Beach is where the shop is, right? But, like, you became the owner... How did that transpire? How did how well, did you? Well, the uh, the way that uh, came to pass that I owned it, the, the Pat Reed, the guy who had just opened it, was not very um, retail savvy. He he, he just kind of did it as an escape from Riverside. I Good think one. for the weekend. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so I wound up. Uh, I met and Jim, my partner who I still have today, was had had uh, uh, bought into the store with Pat and and I, and then. Pat got bought out because uh, he, you know, just he was only down two days a week, and you know, Saturday and Sunday. So, okay. so Jim and I wound up 
starting the store basically from uh, scratch from getting it going you know to and uh, having worked at Fender I knew I, I'd fret, fretted hundreds of guitars at Fender okay so I started doing repair work at the shop right and all the musicians in the area would would, would come in and have they all needed work on their guitars again of course you know? guitar is a, is a is an instrument that needs constant maintenance because there's so much tension on the neck from the strings that it's like a tug of war the strings are pulling one way and the neck and the truss rod are pulling the other way and you've got to keep that balance in between yeah. if one gets away then it's got this problem if the other one starts to win the other. sure anyway so i started doing repair work and then uh that's when i really got the bug to build a guitar i was i was repairing martin guitars and getting parts from martin uh, to use for my repairs. Okay. And I asked this guy who's been there this whole time. I think he just retired. Dick Boak was his name. Greatest guy in the world. And I called him and wanted to get a bridge and or a neck and a fingerboard and something. And he goes, you going to build guitars or something? And I go, well, I was thinking about it. <laughs> so he goes, okay. And he sent me all these guitar old parts, you know, that they weren't going to use. Exactly you know, what probably, you needed. Probably intercepted them from going to the dumpster. And uh, he sent them out to me. And, man, I built my first guitar, and that was it. I was off to the races, man. I did. Yeah. That was in 1978. And I never looked back. I've right. built, I have built just about 800 now to, to date from then. And... Uh, now, just, now mm -hmm. but but you're saying Martin guitar parts are primarily yeah. steel string guitars. Yeah, they were steel string But guitars. then you gravitated towards classical yeah. guitars. Well, I had this background in classical guitar, nylon strings. I've always loved nylon strings okay. guitars just because of... Classical not, not study. Of the, yeah, because of the classical studies. Not so much playing classical repertoire, which I did for years, but I got a little... Um, I got, you know, Let it go, it's okay. fine. Um, I, I got a little... Um, um, what was I saying? <laughs> um, oh, I, I got a little taste of the of nylon strings, but I I played steel strings, of course, you know, growing up. Sure. But uh, but I I got tired of the classical repertoire, but I still loved nylon strings. Right. And then I started seeing these guys out there playing nylon string gu guitars, um, like you know ch even Charlie Bird, which would be considered jazz, and uh, um, Jose, Michael, Feliciano. Jose Feliciano. He was my first celebrity guitar uh, customer. And but not for classical music. I I loved the nylon strings to play Beatle tunes, country songs, uh, sure, you know whatever. But because the nylon strings, the nylon string to me is a more, it's a more supple string, and it's got more expression to it. You know, you can really milk a tone as like a violin. Yeah, more tone. Yeah, you can you can really milk the the, the string as we're on a steel get, string. Yeah. You're kind of just hitting it, and I mean, I'm not saying you can't, but but anyway. So I, I and then I got interested in. Um, uh, in nylon strings with amplification. Okay, so and that let's, uh, started let's, it all. So you're in the shop, yeah. right? You're starting to experiment making uh, instruments, right? How did the first, uh, like you said, Jose Feliciano was your first celebrity uh, client? Mm -hmm. How did that uh, come about? How did uh, he find out about you? Well, the um, I knew his. Um, his sound man, a guy named Mike Urain, 
uh, had com- been coming in the shop for quite a while, and and uh, we knew he was Jose Feliciano's sound man, and um, and that and he expressed the fact that Jose was always looking for new guitars and this and that. And so uh, we went to a party with Mike at Jose's house, and I showed him one of my guitars, and he just he loved it. And he says, "I want one." But what what Jose wanted is he wanted a classical guitar, but with a dreadnought sized body. He's the only guy I've ever known that wants that. A, a big, nylon big. nylon string with a great big dreadnought size body with Much huge larger. bass. Yeah, huge bass. So I, I made him one and he loved it. I've made him about six so far over the last 35 years or so. But he, he was, uh, and, and he also didn't play classical, which I was at this time kind of turned off to. He played Feliciano modern style, Latin modern pop everything. And, yeah, jazz, yeah. pop, everything. And he's, he's a good he's guitarist. He's a great guitar player. Yeah, and the sweetest guy in the world, yeah. too. Really nice. to a Believe podcast. I'm your host, John Heusenstamm. This is The Guitar Life. That was Jose Feliciano playing Affirmation, which he wrote, and I think George Benson had a huge hit with that. So uh, kudos to Jose Feliciano. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe. Thanks. So now now on board, you've got uh, Jose Feliciano. Um, I mean, I don't think I could ask you chronological questions about who's next but you have a lot of celebrities that play your guitars so how about Mm -hmm. let's talk about chet atkins how did that come about well um i met a guy named john knowles uh, sure. I was doing I was doing um, Nam shows. He had books out, right? Yeah, he had books out on, yeah. on how to play like Chet Atkins, and I met him at a Nam show. Uh, we became f- 
best friends right away. We, we were like two peas in a pod. He, he, we thought alike. And uh, well, he's, an, so, he's a classical guitar yeah, player. Yeah, he's a classical guitar player, yeah. but he also you know likes Plays the other modern style music. of modern music. Yeah. So uh, I, I, so I started going back and visiting. Um, well, uh, John Knowles would come to the uh, NAMM shows in Chicago. Okay. Uh, or Atlanta or New Orleans. That's where they were in the summer shows. National Association of Music Merchants, right. NAM show. NAM, big yeah. show. Okay. It's the biggest there is. And I had a booth there. And uh, uh, my oh, there you, so there you're, you're like starting to uh, pu yeah. publicize your stuff. That's right. You're, you're That's getting right. public yeah. uh, yep. you know, I even exposure. Had Jose Feliciano came and played uh, in my booth, too. That drew and, people uh, in? Yeah, people. drew people in. And, but I met John Knowles, who was uh, very close with Chet. And so I was... Uh, in Nashville, visiting with John, putting a pickup in one of his guitars, and and he goes, "Wow, this is an incredible pickup. You're gonna let's go show it to Chet." So we went over to Chet's office. I hadn't met Chet before, and um, and boy, he did. He just absolutely loved the, the the pickup. So he went home and got his classical guitar and brought it back, and I put a pickup in Chet's guitar, and so and we sat there for two or three hours while I did it. Oh, I think You're we were, electrifying we were, a nylon string guitar. I was electrifying guitar. Chet's nylon string guitar, okay. which he really uh, has was always very interested in. Nylon with an electric pickup in it. Right. Because uh, he was an electric guitar player type of guy. Yeah. Although he had a Ramirez, played classical guitar, did many albums, Boston Pops, uh, uh, all these, uh, the acoustic classical stuff. But his heart was really in the nylon string electric yeah. guitar. A difficult instrument to yeah. perform with when you're in an ensemble with drums and yeah. bass and yeah. all that. You, you, can't, you can't use a classical guitar, acoustic classical guitar, and expect to cut through the uh, drummer, the singer, the piano player, the whatever. Right. You know, it's just not happening. Here we go. Here's this yeah. evolution, right? So he. He had uh, had a guitar designed by a guy named Haskell Hale, and he took it down to Gibson and said, "Look at this! It's a and it was a solid body nylon string guitar yeah. with pickups in it." And he, it's what he played from '82 to '19. They're heavier than 19. Les Paul. Oh yeah, yeah, they're huge, really heavy. And twelve uh, pounds. And then so I, I had this idea. This is this was the whole thing that connected me to Chet was that I had the idea of not making it a solid body. But making it hollow inside, and and have the pickup. It's still small, still but, thin. Yeah, right? still thin. Yeah, yeah, because the top, the soundboard would move just like a classical guitar instead of just being totally rigid. Now we all know there's a difference between steel string guitars that are solid like a, a Les Paul or a, a Super 400 or L5 that's hollow. There's a different sound there. So yeah, the the electric guitar sound uh, he liked, but it didn't have that acoustic quality that he was looking for right and it was really heavy <laughs> it's really hurt, heavy. hurt his back yeah so i made him i made him one and uh john helped me with it and we uh we brainstormed and i made this guitar and boy i sent it to chet and he just flipped out he the day i think the day he got it he took it down to gibson and said we're going to make one of these and add this to my my line of Chet Atkins guitars. Right. Call this guy. His name's Kirk Sand in California. Call him up. Find out. You were the consultant. Yeah, I was yeah. the designer, and find yeah. out how he does it. So Mike Volts from Gibson called me up, and uh, I made him one that came apart, you know, so they could see all the bracing and yeah. how it works and stuff. And lo and behold, they added it to their line, and and uh, and he used it for. He didn't use that solid body one ever after mine of came along. So, <laughs> I, I saw see. a photograph of Willie Nelson. Uh, yeah, he's got. He had one. Yeah, yeah, that was Gibson, right? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting uh, connection there. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm.
let's talk about uh, the guitar that you made for Lenny Bro. I mean, that was a seven-string uh, solid-body yeah. guitar. Now that was that. That's completely that, a different. Yeah, I I haven't made very many steel electric uh, steel string electric solid body guitars in my career I've made quite a few tellies or strats or well, not, not for fun but that, he came but to that you? well yeah. that that's that's where what he was looking he had this idea for a seven string guitar uh-huh. unlike any other seven string guitar this seven string guitar the extra string was the one on top it was the highest string and and that was tuned to a high a which, <laughs> which would be equivalent to to the first string fifth fret on a regular guitar well the beauty of that is that instead of going up the neck to go to go to the higher notes he went across the neck and utilized that even higher pitch on the first string quarterly See, yeah yeah and 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 then also it extended his uh, harmonics he was really into doing these uh, cascading harmonics and that worked out beautiful for that oh. so, so i went so lenny came here and uh how did he find out about you uh again through chet you know he okay he, he, he yeah did, once you get a celebrity who's yeah. got yeah. world-class players around all, them they all want him yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the, the word goes out right yeah so so when you handed in his seven string guitar right yeah i mean he sits down to play his seven string guitar for the very first time i mean did you did you see he had it all worked out or he already knew how to play it <laughs> he had been thinking about it for so long <laughs> that's incredible he just sat down and just played the most beautiful things yeah and uh and you know it was we're a talking very, about Lenny Bro here. Yeah, yeah. Len, oh Lenny, what a guy! He was yeah. so funny, and uh, he was the only one. And to this day, he's the only seven-string player I've ever heard of, anyway, that has that high A on top. Everybody yeah. has the George Van Epps style A or B on Bucky Pitts. Gave him ac- access and, to completing the melody without having to change the chord position. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it, it, he added the string. I get it. In the melody part, not in the bass part. Because yeah. theoretically, you know, and I, I've always said a lot of times guys who have seven string guitars with that low A on the bottom is they try and play the guitar without hitting that string. And that's, you know, that's that's the goal. <laughs> because it's just a bass note. So, you know, if you don't have a bass player, maybe it's good to have that. But yeah. Lenny's was totally different. He had, uh, he had all the melody and the higher. That's when you hear him play, it sounds like a piano. The 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 uh, the chord yeah, no, the, the chord inversions are, are with the, when it, the way he did his harmonics, uh, you know he would he would do the false harmonic with his index finger in his right hand, which would produce a note that was an octave higher. Yeah. But he would but that note that was an octave higher was only a minor second, half step away from the the root or the 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 other note, so you get that that dissonance and they're just like it's on, incredible on piano, it's like coming so. out of the clouds yeah. where's he getting that where how does he, he do was it the only one that does it. yeah <laughs> it's funny and, and i get and it nobody's yeah, really, really and i fascinating I, I it's a long story we won't go into it but i got that guitar back eventually and uh, i've showed it to some great players i mean tommy Manuel tried to play it and he just i got a great picture of him pulling his hair out he doesn't know how to play uh, and yeah he's well lenny bro is a jazz giant yeah yeah he's yeah. huge he could uh, he, yeah. he he understood uh in-depth harmony so there's a whole yeah. other whole yeah. other type of brain yeah set. He, he he was a genius yeah. it, it's hard to know it's really hard to know uh, and i was around him a lot it's really hard to know whether or not he he had figured all this out theoretically on paper uh-huh. and knew it was a music theory master or he just played it by ear 
You know, just he didn't know what he was doing. He's just playing it by ear, <laughs> playing with what he likes. I'm not sure what it was. So. I probably not. Yeah, because he, he couldn't knew. play all those uh, complex uh, McCoy Tyner and Coltrane and Bill yeah. Evans and all. You yeah. got to study music. He to had, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then again, half but he of never it's, really explained it to him. He didn't teach. You half know. of it's his ears, yeah. and the other yeah. half of it's the knowledge. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, we're guessing, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty. He so was, there, Lenny sorry. was Lenny was a real good friend of Chet's too. Yeah. So uh, yeah. there was a huge connection. He's a rain there. man, yeah. jazz player basically. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know when you build a guitar for Chet, then and he takes it to Gibson, and they start making one like it, and they see him on television and on concerts playing this guitar. Everybody wants one. I mean, the very next thing I you know, got busy. Earl Close calling uh, Jerry. I made a guitar for Jerry Reed, Steve Warner, Paul Yandel. You know, all uh, Richard Smith, Tommy yeah. Manuel. All these guys were, uh, sure. wanted to have one. Sure. You know? So, so it's, if people, it's, it's, if people go online, can they find uh, like a, a list of other people that play yeah. guitars? What do they go to a Kirk Sand? Yeah, sandguitars.com. Listening to a Believe podcast. I'm your host, John Heusenstamm. This is The Guitar Life. That was Lenny Bro playing his sand seven string guitar at a USC workshop. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe. Thanks. Sandguitars.com. Uh huh. Okay. I've got all the celebrities yeah, in that, the, that, that way. That we don't have to and... talk about it yeah. uh, here on the podcast. Yeah. People can check out all that history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But. Guild started making one of your guitars. They did. To honor, what, Doyle Dykes? Is yeah. That- well, that was kind of the same deal as with Gibson, 
back to 15 years ago, uh, uh, Doyle, who is one of my dearest friends and a, and a really good endorser of my instruments, um, he had gotten a contract with, with Guild, and he took them his sand guitar, and they were going to make a copy of it. And they did. I made them one, came apart. Same thing with Gibson. Actually, Doyle and I went back to New Hampshire, um, I mean, um, in Connecticut, uh, New Hartford's where it was, and uh, and you know showed them this and that, and they find, and they made one that was going to be like the prototype, and then all of a sudden, Guild was not owned by Fender anymore, <laughs> <laughs> and that whole project went down. But I've uh, seen some of those guitars yeah. around; they're amazing to well, look at. I mean, they're there's really only, artistic. There's only one that is exactly a copy of mine. Oh, my okay. guitar. The the other ones are are. They more, didn't make more, very many of them. No, huh? Oh, no. okay. But they're just to so, show you the, a, uh, you know the, uh, the popularity of such a thing. Even another company, would go to try to make something in the electric nylon string guitar, you know, field. Yeah. Well, I, I remember I remember being in the store. Excuse me, and Bob but Taylor walked in. Uh huh. And he yeah. walked and he said. Uh, so is this where all this is happening? Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess he was yeah. seeing a lot of celebrities playing your guitars, and he wanted in on it, yeah. right? Yeah, they did. They they uh, they took a shot at it. Uh, um, I, it wasn't their thing, I guess, or whatever, but they, they, they did. I, I saw one at the, uh, the NAMM show the one year up in Anaheim. Um, but the, the nylon string electric guitar is... Like it either works or it doesn't. And there's a lot of guitar builders or guitars being built out there that are just a solid body guitar with nylon strings and an acoustic guitar pickup on it. Yeah. And and they they, the secret is, um, making the top like a classical guitar. Sure. Yeah. Would have don't to don't be. tell anybody. That's a secret. Now, okay. <laughs> uh, the, it's the, too late the, for that. The the top has to be like a classical guitar. If you sure. want it to sound like a nylon string acoustic guitar, you can't just put it on a plank. It's not going to sound that way. So that that's really the the, the secret. And I it's not a secret. I have helped so many people try and build these. I have no, you know. Uh, no possessiveness about the, sure, that design not. at all. I mean, more to, more power to them. If they want to do that. That's great. Um, a lot of times, uh, there'll be guitars will be used on a stage like the Godin or um, so, um, some of the, the yeah, Gibson, Gibson and yeah, Sadowski. And, and yeah, and, and Sadowski and Gibson had one. And, and a lot of times, if they look kind of like my guitar, it's it's funny that people will look at the guitar and go, "Hey, that's a sand guitar." <laughs> Yeah, I go, I know. well, actually, it's not. But, I know exactly where the roots of, of it. it. Yeah, thanks you, for thinking of it. <laughs> yeah, you see it, and you go, I know where you got that idea from. Yeah. yeah. So, um, any moment in uh, all of this where you just had to step back and go, oh my God, this is incredible. Look what's happened to me. Uh, I mean, it's like you're in Laguna Beach, uh, but there's all kinds of people all over the world playing your guitars. When, when did it dawn on you that? Uh, it's kind of an honorable position to be in, where you're really you know, like facilitating such great music. It was, yeah. it was after Chet and when Chet got early nineties, ninety, ninety one, ninety two. Yeah. From then on, I've been backward ever since. As soon as Chet started playing my guitar, I, I've I've been backward ever yeah. since, and and um, you know I'm I'm getting up there now. I'm I'm uh, I've made quite a few guitars. Yeah. But that was the defining moment when when I saw you know Chet on television come out on Austin City Limits or whatever he was. So on. you're Sons of Firemen, he's not going to take over building no, guitars like the guy in no. San Diego. What was his name? The classical. Oh, Pe uh, Pepe Romero. Yeah. 
around. Whoever, no, my son, my son built a guitar. It turned did out, he? Yeah, it turned out really, Good really for him. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, he's a fireman by heart. I, I don't know oh. where he got that, but he, he likes Because you have such a, such a strong him. trade going, you'd yeah. think you'd have a, an apprentice. Yeah, I don't. I really, I really don't. Because yeah. they either have it or they don't, you know. <laughs> the, they, they, they have to love it, you know. They have to love it to... To, to put up with To it. just keep doing it and doing it until yeah. you get it right. You know, there's no... There is no... Um, school you go to, to I mean they start yeah. more, yeah, no, more no, now the school, but, you know, the school is in the doing yeah yeah. one of my favorite uh, things to say when people ask me well, how, how many years of schooling does it take to build a be a luthier you know and my answer is always well it takes 12 years 13 if you count kindergarten <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's it. Just that's a high a school diploma. That's all you need, you know. Just and the, mainly, it's, you don't even need a high school diploma. You just need the desire to just keep doing it, keep so, doing it, keep doing so it. So I've driven back and forth on PCH because I live in the area, right? And I go by here in the middle of the night. I see the light on. I mean, what you're saying basically is you're at it uh, as much as, as as much as you're physically capable of withstanding the strain of it. You're you're behind the account or desk. Or yeah. workbench, workbench yeah. making a guitar. That's right. Because you got you so can, many t that you have to make. Because people are well. It's it's not just because uh, of I got orders, which I do, and I have for twenty, thirty years now. I've been back ordered, but uh, I still love it. I yeah. still. That's why they're I so good. I still love building guitars. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd still build guitars, and and I like it so much that you know I I I, I like experimenting yeah. with different designs and bracing patterns and and uh, strings and electronics. I'm always looking for new electronics. You know, I'm yeah. not I'm not an electronics guy. McLeish. So. McLeish was one I used for quite a while. There first Fishman. I started. I first started out with. Um, with a Gibson, uh, and that was right. because of Chet. See, Chet—that's Chet, kind of a wide, yeah, it's a real up. wide web. It's a good sounding pickup, but it was—it was kind of delicate. It didn't—it didn't. It had problems. It had okay. problems. But okay. uh, that was the first one, and I and I was able to buy those because of that Chet. That was an inaugural yeah. quality pickup yeah. that needed yeah, improvement. Was, and then, right. and I've gone through the whole thing, you know, from the from the Gibson pickups, which I liked the sound of, but they were just so hard to work with. They were always breaking, or, or right. the, the main problem balance. was the balance between yeah, the strings. Okay. I, yeah, okay, I, I understand that. And, and now I'm using a pickup which I think is the best, uh, obviously, because I use it, because uh, uh, I'm going to use the best pickup I could find. Okay, there's no loyalty here. I, Rich Barbera is the pickup I use now. And oh, okay, it's a great pickup. Where is but he I, out of? He's from New York, Staten uh, Island. New York. How'd you yeah, find yeah. out about him? Um, uh, through John Buscarino, he told me about him. Sure, he's but, a uh, East Coast uh, East, uh, jazz, North, North Carolina jazz guitar builder, uh, right? He builds everything. He builds nylon string uh, classicals. Really? Yeah, very Buscarino? good ones. Yeah, but does mostly he a, does he make but, an electric nylon string yeah. guitar kind uh, of style? Kind, kind of. It's more of a class. It's more of an acoustic though, not a thin okay. one like mine. But uh, I found out through through John because I'm always looking for for new pickups. And I told Rich Barbera, I says, "Listen, I love your pickup, but if I come up with a better one, I'm going to drop you like a hot rock." Because I don't know anything about pickups, and I want the best. Right. So, but no, he's a wonderful guy, a great, great guy. I love his pickups, and uh, I like it. Not first, the, the first feature has to be it has to sound incredible. But then I also look at the second feature is how. How mount it, how right? mount how is mounting it on the pickup going to be? Is it going to be a real pain, or is it going to be fall right in? And is it balanced? 
how long does it last before you got to you know the controls fix it, the, how, where the controls are like where are they going to go yeah, yeah. The, the volume control yeah. the tone control yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not interested in building uh, pickups and preamps you know i'm not a guy with a soldering gun and you know the capacitors and resistors and i all think that i had my worst uh, disaster in a concert in my life playing one of your guitars and it was totally oh. my fault oh that's good the guitar yeah. was tuned to e flat and the song was in e ooh <laughs> That's hard to I think you were there. I don't know. I don't remember. I had to, like, as the song was progressing, go, now everything is wrong, so you're going to have to. You're gonna have yeah. to think of a way to make yeah. it sound right yeah. as you go along here. You know? I've, I've heard of people use, uh, tuning the, tuning their guitar and, the, and using those old Boss tuners, and they didn't see the little sharp or the flat. Yeah. So they just tuned it up to E, but it actually was E flat. Yeah, they didn't and see they the were, little light. <laughs> There's a little so light that's it's, telling it's hard you. To, to, it's hard to overcome that, you know. Uh, they say you can play a, if you play a wrong note, play it, keep playing it over so and over bad. again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, anything else you could think of? Uh, You've been fantastic, by the way. I'm no, so, great. I'm so I love, you know, grateful just, that you're able to share um, all this beautiful it's, stuff. It's fun. It's fun. I feel so blessed. Yeah. To be able to uh, build guitars, which is something I've been into since I was a little kid. I mean, the first thing I did when I got a guitar when I was a kid was I took it apart. <laughs> See how it worked. Yeah, know? the first thing I yeah. did was take a beautiful old Les Paul and sand the finish <laughs> yeah. off it. See, that's what you do. You know, <laughs> that's all right. Um, no, but to, be able to, to be. be able to be in the class in the um, not in the um, guitar business and build custom guitars for the people that I build guitars for, it's just crazy. They're incredible personalities, crazy. aren't yeah. they? Oh yeah, and they're. I mean, that is so much fun. I just can't imagine doing anything else. Would be well, more my fun. philosophy about that is that. You know, you hear all this great music, but it's the person. You know, it's not just yeah. the. Yeah. You know, it's not just the guitar. You're here. You're giving the person a vehicle so we can see that beauty. That's right. right. I and those love pe- that part of it. Yeah, yeah, the people that carry the beauty within yeah. them, and then they show it to you yeah. through your guitar. It's yeah. like and and wow. I I have a lot of guitar uh, players who who play my guitars, and they tell me, you know, since I got your guitar, I play different. I play. I I feel more comfortable going out on the on the edge, right. you know, because your guitar is so easy to play. I'm not fighting it the whole way. I'm just. It's like it's got power steering, and I could do a little thing here, and I could do a little thing there. And I might exactly. even do something right off the top of my head that I would never normally would not venture out into because it's physically hard. You know, guitar is a physically hard instrument to play, especially nylon, uh, steel strings. But nylons are so much easier. But um, yeah, it, I'm affecting the way they're playing. It's great. My guitar, Lenny's, the guitar Lenny I made for him, that affected the way he played. Oh, when, I, when he had that range and Chet, and, and, come on, and, and Chet too. How could he thing. play all that stuff? It was if yeah. it's difficult to play. What did Joe Pass say? If it's hard to play, it mustn't be good music. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. It's got to be oh, effortless. Yeah, got to be, or yeah. at least it's got to sound that way to the listener. That it's that it's effortless, and that's you know? that's basically what you're striving to accomplish when you're building an instrument. You want to, you want the, inst- the instrumentalist, the musician, to feel comfortable, you want it to sound good. Yeah, you, you don't want, want them to struggle. You want it to be an extension of their body, and they're yeah. just making stuff that's up off fantastic. the top of their head and playing it, and and your guitar is facilitating them to to be able to do that. Yeah, the beauty so. of being a luthier, yeah. oh, a guitar fun. maker. Yeah. yeah, anything you it's think fun. I might have left out? Uh, uh, you really covered. Everything I could yeah, wrote down we, here. It's it's about that's about it. You know, there's there's my life in a nutshell. Building <laughs> guitars, you know, it's life so much fun. Your life it's in a, a seashell. We're yeah. down with the sand. Oh yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah, and my last name is Sand. You know, people ask yeah. me, "Did you change your name when you moved to the beach?" Yeah, I was going to no, ask no. you about that. Yeah. No, that's just no. a cosmic coincidence, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, great stuff, yeah. Kirk. Yeah, well, thanks. Thank I, you I so much. Doing it. This yeah. has been wonderful. You bet. Yeah. Thank you very much for doing that too. You're more than welcome. was Doyle Dykes playing a beautiful electric nylon string guitar built by Kirk Sand, who's our special guest today. You've been listening to a Believe podcast. I'm your host, John Hoisenstam, and this is The Guitar Life. If you enjoy our show, please subscribe. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.